Hello and welcome to another episode of the Plastics Podcast. You're joined by me, Jacob Burke, producer Maddie Gaylor. Hi. And in the studio once again is Blair Lacrosse. I'm back, baby. Let's go. The fourth day of group action has concluded, and some teams are mathematically through to the knockout stages, Liverpool and Ajax among them. We, however, will cover some of the lesser-watched games that happened Tuesday and Wednesday, including a Wolfsburg victory over Salzburg and Lille edging over Sevilla to bring chaos back to Group G, as well as two ties in Milan versus Porto and RB Leipzig versus PSG. Champions League Group Stage 4 is edging closer and closer to the knockout stages. It's pretty exciting, guys. It really is, Jacob. This is what European nights are all about, you know? Just some great games, some fun matches. Before we uh, dive in, Blair, can you just bring me a little Homer's Odyssey? I was sailing a ship, and I was off the coast of a foreign island when I heard the most beautiful song being sung from its shores. (laughs) I was drawn to the song, and upon arrival on the shores, I found not beauty, but terror. (laughs) What strange lands did you explore to before you journeyed back home? Um, yeah, so I was in Colorado for a few weeks and took a jaunt to Southern California for a weekend. So kind of a West Coast thing, I guess. Mountain, mountain coast. He went to the mountains. Yeah, I was kind of up in the mountains doing like the Batman thing, training with... Drinking Liam Neeson. Yeah, who's, who's this character? Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just, uh, you know, really struggling with the elevation. Doing a lot of uh, martial arts on frozen lakes <laughs> yes. and like sipping herbal teas yep. and training in uh, very old wooden dojos. Just call yes. Herbal? Yeah. It like, has an H in it. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. We can't go there right now. We don't have time. Uh, yeah, and uh, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I know you uh, you also uh, did a little uh, detour to Palm Springs. Yes, I was stuck in a time loop. A little R&R. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that didn't watch the Hulu movie, uh, you should go watch it. It's pretty fun. It's good. Yeah, that's good. Glad to have you back. Uh, glad to have you back. I'm black, baby. I'm sorry, I'm black. <laughs> glad to have you back, Blair. Whew, there he is. All right, we're through. And okay. uh, let's dive in to some Champions League action here. We're going to begin with Bundesliga contenders Wolfsburg and Austrian champions RB Salzburg in a Group G showdown that needed to go a certain way if the group was going to be back to even Stevens after three matches. And it did. Uh, Wolfsburg beat Salzburg 2-1 to one in a pretty thrilling contest, actually. End-to-end stuff. I watched this game. I don't think you two did. Uh, the entire of it. The entirety, yeah. And uh, it, was, it was pretty fun. So I'm talking, and I'm going to keep talking about this game uh, unless you guys want to interrupt me with questions to give it a little back and forth. I will say about uh, Group G, the G unit, as some might call it, it, it it's, very, it's very tight. Salzburg's got seven points at the top of the table, and then the rest is 
five, five, and three yeah. for uh, Leal, Wolfsburg, and Sevilla, respectively. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that could really go any any direction still. Pretty, pretty It's in shape. They're keeping it tight. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, moving on. Uh, here's what you need to know about this, is that uh, Salzburg lost, but Brendan Aronson was good. And I think that's the, really the important takeaway here. Uh, Brendan Aronson was uh, the main man for Salzburg in terms of uh, their attack, which is really, really nice if you want to see developing young talent for the U.S. flourish in Europe. And he had a wildly high XA, expected assist uh, number, even though he was not part of the actual goal. Uh, because Salzburg's only goal came from a crazy free kick from outside the 18 from one of their defenders. And I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation, but I'm going to go for it anyway. His name is Maximilian Vuber. It is uh, W-O-Umla-B-E-R. Vuber. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was, uh, they were down one, uh, and, uh, Vuber, uh, just, I think it was his uh, his right foot, and he hit it beyond like around the wall, and the goalkeeper didn't expect it, so he didn't really move. And by the time he started moving, it was too late. It just went in to the edge, and it was real nice. And I screamed while I was at work, and it was a pretty fantastic goal. Now the other two that Wolfsburg scored uh, came from defensive laziness, as I put it on this Google sheet. Salzburg were trying to do uh, the the cool possession and pass around stuff, uh, and that made their defense uh, pretty forward. So the second goal especially put a knife into their side, as it were, with uh, high lines being the, the nail in the coffin. And then the first goal was just no one picking up the ball that, uh, that crossed through the 18-yard uh, box. And it went straight into the goal. Yeah, that's something that you're going to want to do. When the ball is crossing your 18-yard box, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think generally if uh, all teams employed this strategy, they'd be pretty good at uh, the old soccer. Um, yeah. The Salzburg forward, uh, what's his first name? Karim Adeyemi, uh, German international. Very good player. You'd think if he scored... Um, and he didn't, um, even though he should have twice, uh, two pretty big chances. One should have been a goal 100% if he was trying to make a name for himself on the field. Uh, and that was in like the first four minutes and it went just wide of the goal. And you might've thought, man, this might come back to bite them. And guess what? It did. It did come back to bite them. Uh, and the second one was in the like 49th minute and he, uh, was, he was forward. Uh, Salzburg went on this like counterattack sequence and he, uh, received the ball and there was a defender just to his right, but he's a pretty fast guy. So he shot it forward, the ball forward and ran to it just ahead of the defender. And he tried to just take it once he was like just inside the 18 and that went wide as well. I don't know if it would have gone in if it was on target, but uh, those are the two biggest chances he had that night, and he didn't even get it on the net either time. Yeah, it says he's got three shots, and the football ref didn't register any of them as on target, but he did account for over half of Salzburg's XG, 0.6. So when you have that, you really have to put those in the net. Yeah, 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my boy here, Kareem Adeyemi. You're, you're zero goals on the night, boy. <laughs> on the night, yeah. He's okay. got 13 goals in 16 games between the Bundesliga and Champions League so far. So he's he's pretty talented. I think he's gonna be a fun player. Although there is the caveat with Bundesliga. Though. Bundesliga, the Austrian <laughs> Bundesliga. Yeah, the Austrian about. Bundesliga. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Don't be confused. Don't be confused. I am. No, this is for our listeners. <laughs> I was uh, confused. So the thing is that both Germans and Austrians speak mostly German. Uh, so Bundesliga is like a, it's just like. They stole it. Yeah, they, I don't know. Don't ask me about linguistics. They both use the word Bundesliga for their professional leagues. <laughs> the Austrian Bundesliga having a, uh, under a chokehold, I'm sorry, from RB Salzburg. So um, you'll forgive me if I'm a bit cynical of Adeyemi's capabilities uh, if he's only proving them in the Austrian league. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, mean, three goals in the Champions League is pretty good, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah. I, that group's not like super uh It is, super it is strong, pretty even, which is like, it's bad if you're a team that is in that group, if you're with like three relatively, other three other relatively equal teams. Yeah. Uh, so you really do need to step up. And uh, he's got three goals, but I mean... Like you're, if you want to get to the knockouts, you have to be able to score against these bigger teams. Uh, if you're Salzburg and Salzburg kind of, uh, they got into the knockouts, I think the year previous or the year before that. And, uh, I, th I think if I would put Salzburg in terms of where they are tier wise, even with Ajax, and you speak of those two teams really differently. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, that maybe answers this question, Jacob. But yeah. I was going to say, then, of the four teams, because basically they're all mathematically possible to get out of the group, uh -huh. which one would you say has the best chance of making a deep or any kind of run in the knockouts? Yeah, I I think Sevilla is uh, usually in those kinds of talks as a frequent La Liga contender uh, that's just outside of hitting uh, distance. And Lille is coming off the back of a uh, league uh, win championship, but they just aren't firing on the cylinders that they were last year. Wolfsburg are now seventh, I want to say, uh, or around there in the Bundesliga, and they are a good team. Uh, they have a couple of really hot hitters that I think people don't talk about enough, like Wout Veghorst. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, cool name, cool guy. Uh, he almost had a crazy uh, volley that he scored on the night and he is in the so-called peak of his abilities. So I think he's got a way to go, but I got to give it to my, my French boys, Lille. Uh, I was really into them last year and they didn't lose a lot of their uh, players. Like I thought they would. And I'm a huge uh, Renato Sanchez uh, truther. So oh, okay. I think, uh, I think if he stays healthy and if uh, Jonathan David, stays healthy, and my boy Tim Moya uh, gets better at soccer, <laughs> I think uh, Lille could pull ahead for an unlikely uh, slip into the knockouts, and then they might be able to edge past the round of 16. Okay. Two questions for you, Jacob. Yeah. One, do you think the little trails behind airplanes has something to do with Renato Sanchez? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. And I, I, and I won't elaborate. Cool. No, I don't think we should. Uh, also, Jonathan David, can yeah. we make him an American somehow? Uh, he, uh, da, 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 how is he cap tied? He is 21. That's not a good sign. Is Jonathan <laughs> Google sound. 
He was born in Brooklyn. Yeah, for I know. Out loud. Uh, one more time, Maddie. Okay, we don't need to kill it. <laughs> I think he's cat tied. I think Canada. he is cat tied. <laughs> the, the the my uh, underlying assumption was that he was already cat tied. Recently, um, let's see. Okay, I'm on transfer marked national team. Yeah, he's played 22 games for Canada yeah, already. There's no way. Okay, um, I was we need say, to, if maybe if he rips up his Canadian passport. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't need Jonathan David. What we want? <laughs> we don't need Jonathan David. Yeah, we don't need him. You know why? You know why? Because we don't play in a system like this. That's this true. is not a U.S. system. We need it's Ricardo Canadian. Pepe to unfurl his uh, new American Eagle wings and fly with us. Did he get like a tattoo or something? Or are you just saying that because he's been playing for us? Uh, he's been playing. He's <laughs> okay. now cap tied to us. He yeah. can't leave. Yeah. We've got him pro- uh, hostage. Sucker. Um, yeah. So if Jonathan David can get going, that's uh, really good. Uh, John Bamba is another one that is pretty electric on the ball. Uh, Jose Font, a uh, pretty old veteran for Lille that I think is a really valuable backline asset. And there was one. Other, oh, yeah. Barack Yilmaz, uh, crazy season last year. And uh, I think there is no reason to um, think that he will drop off a cliff, although I don't expect him to put up numbers like he did. Although his Euros performance did not inspire a lot of confidence. Yeah, uh, um, it's mostly narrative. It's not based nothing on what I've seen from Lille because they are last in their group. However, they're in a much better position now because they won. And this is the next game we're going to talk about. Sevilla uh, facing Lille. Sevilla losing one to Lille's two. Blair, uh, this w- uh, looked on paper like a uh, Sevilla winning in extra time with a goal you know, from a corner. Can you take me through what happened here? No. Oh. Oh, Maddie, this was the one you watched. So this game was, in my opinion, pretty exciting. Sevilla's first first goal came off of two bad deflections from Lille. Pretty quickly, poor defensive work. It was just, he, he slid in to tackle, or to like kick the ball out, and it went right into his own player, bounced back. Goalie had a nice save, but it deflected off of him straight into Sevilla's player. It was just two poor deflections to put Sevilla up one, but Lille came back uh, pretty strongly. Sevilla's defense was really, really quite strong, but had a couple of players that just played a really dangerous game. Delaney, Thomas Delaney being one of them. Thomas Delaney played... Just really stupid soccer for some of the time. Thomas Delaney slid and took out uh, Jonathan David in the box. Definitely should should have been a penalty. The announcers said it should have been a penalty. They looked at it and they decided not, but it was like five minutes after the play. It was a very dangerous play. Jonathan David got back up, play continued, and then... Couple minutes later, same thing happened. Top of the box, uh, Thomas Delaney swings his arm around, catches, I believe, John David again, and knocks him down. The play was not even around him. The play was the ball was being crossed, uh, like halfway, um, like three quarters of the way up the field. It was being crossed from one side to the other, and. It, 
Leo's player was standing in the box, gets hit in the face, goes down, and like the ball wasn't even near. That's what they all do. Oh, they get hit in the face. And yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh my god, Mama it hurts mia. so yeah. bad. Yeah. I'm never gonna be able to see again. Yeah. Look at that. I made a made a shot. He's Danish, so he would say like. <laughs> Mooder. Mooder Mia. <laughs> so uh, Leo capitalized on the PK. It was just two really bad defensive works by John, uh, Delaney, Thomas Delaney. Ocampos for Sevilla looked really, really strong uh, this game, really dangerous. I was thinking that in the first couple minutes, and then he got uh, the, yeah, he got the goal. Weya did not make much of a difference on the night. Unfortunately, his appearance was pretty lackluster. Not much in the first half. Second half, he got subbed off. Like, So Jacob's saying that Wei is being played in a position that he cannot thrive in. It is not his position. Uh, what position does he play in for the American team? He plays as a left winger normally, as a left forward winger. Well, isn't that what he played for Sevilla or for Lille? Uh, he plays as like a mixture of a outside wingback or a forward winger for Lille. Anyway, that being said, Timothy Wayad didn't have much to show, but he was surrounded by Jonathan David, Jonathan Ekone. Oh. Yeah. Ekone. Be- Benjamin Andre and Jonathan Bamba. Three Jonathans that ruled the night. Jonathan, Jonathan, and Jonathan. Bamba had an amazing game. The law firm. He had 58 touches. He had uh, 29 accurate passes. He was feeding feeding the balls through the right side. Nope, that's the left side. And Jonathan Akone was feeding balls through the left the right side. They <laughs> together they fed Jonathan David and tried to find Timothy Wea. He just wasn't able to be found a lot of the time. Um, but I think the three Jonathans together had a really, really nice game. Jonathan David's got a very biblical name. Is Jonathan is Jonathan a biblical name? Yeah, like John the Baptist. Oh, okay. Or John the Disciple. Oh, there was a John Pope in John. there? Pope John. Okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah, there's some there's some biblical Two first names. John John uh, the Butler. <laughs> yeah, Jesus's hype man. John's in the house. <laughs> Jonathan David, very good player. He had one shot on target, one shot off target, but he had a goal. So, you know, 50-50. Yes. Yeah, he had the penalty shot. Very easily put away. It looked really nice. Oh, 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 yeah. The the other thing that I was going to say about this game, I want to make sure that I have the stats right. Yeah, there were uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven yellow cards in this game. One to the coach. It was. I mean, there there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There were nine, sorry. <laughs> there were nine yellow cards after the 77th minute. Whoo. Okay. That's, yeah. It was, it, it was left and right. Just, it, he he was really card happy. Huh. Yeah. It was kind of a crazy last couple minutes. I mean, Sevilla was trying to get back into the game and, like, get another shot, and Leo was trying to defend with their lives. I didn't see the game, um, but... Yeah, let's hope Tim Way can uh, get into position. Can more frequently. find his 
Way. Uh, yeah, uh, he's not saying uh, way. Uh, I feel blessed. <laughs> All right, the next game. <laughs> Thanks for that wonderful breakdown, Maddie, on uh, Leal uh, Sevilla Leal. And now we can say that Group G is truly the group for all people, a group for all seasons, because now it's anyone's game and anyone can come in first. And it's pretty exciting when you're on uh, Group Day 5, because sometimes things are super decided. Yeah. As in uh, Groups C and B. Yeah. And uh, we will definitely talk about that to close the episode, because I think that is appropriate. Blair, you saw... Milan Porto. You saw the second half of Milan Porto. Yeah. And I saw the first half. So together we make go tanks. So t- together we are one game, That's right. one mission, one team. One band, one sound. One band, one sound, one race, one finish. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Porto. Because really, that's the only team to talk about here. Because they were the only team that was playing this game. Milan were not good that tonight, last night. Wow. Yeah, Milan were not good on uh, Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. Because they, they, they didn't look like they knew what to do against Porto. Let me preface this. Milan won, Porto won. So uh, if I was a Porto fan, I'd be pretty hard done by this result. Uh, this was Porto's night. This was Porto's game to win. And uh, they looked like they were going to all the way up until the own goal, which you can talk about, Blair. But I'll Porto talk. scored both scored both goals. In yeah, this Porto game. put both goals into their into the net. Words. <laughs> Edit that one. Edit that one. It's gonna be up. <laughs> Make us sound smarter. <laughs> uh, Porto scored both goals uh, that night. Yes, and I'll talk about the first one. Uh, Luis Diaz scored it and i think uh milan's defense is evidence enough here because uh they porto managed to get uh, the ball forward around the sixth minute and they just on the way in uh porto stole the ball off one of the midfields i can't remember who and they just literally dribbled into the 18 nobody picked him up they passed to diaz who was wide open on the other side and he just tapped it in that was it um, and I'm trying to see who got the assist here because he did uh, most of the Marco work. Marco Grujic. Marco Grujic. Yes, he dribbled straight in and nobody picked him up. Nobody. And Milan it aren't like a, they aren't on this like weird transitionary stage they have been for the past like three or four years. They now have a team that is vying for a uh, first place finish in Serie A. Veterans, up and coming talents middling players that become fantastic support players. I mean, they, they really have a squad that can do it here, and they are last in their group stage. You know, Jacob, I'm going to I'm gonna offer some balance to the discussion. Okay. I didn't catch the first half, but I did watch the highlights from the first half. And I think if you're a Milan fan, you can reasonably argue that Benacera was followed by Grijic to be dispossessed for that first goal. Okay. I mean, like, it wasn't called, and they didn't defend it well after that. But it, he was dispossessed in a bad area. See, um, so I mean, that's like partly on Benacer. But uh, Grujic then just kind of like simply had, like he was right outside the box when he uh, took the ball off the tackle. Like the rules in Champions League are a little different, okay, uh, than like league play, which can be bad, can be good, depending on how you feel. 
they they allow a little bit less aggression. Uh, and yeah, Grijic, he like he hits Benacer. Yeah, he hits he hits him with his like left foot, and he goes down kind of easily in my opinion. And then he hits the ball because he no longer wants to play the ball. He wants to go down. I think that was fair personally because I like more aggression in my defensive work uh, yeah. as like just a personal style. It's but, not an egregious foul, and it was also a standing tackle. It wasn't like a yeah. slide through the he, legs. He wasn't like trying to knock him over. He was just kind of going for the ball, and uh, well, he wasn't really. He was just he was just trying to uh, like push him off the ball, essentially. Yeah. But it wasn't a sliding tackle, which would absolutely be a card, in yeah. my opinion. But I, I don't I don't know the official wording on the UEFA rules, so it's tough to say whether or not that was a foul. Regardless, let's pretend that that was a foul and that was called off. Let's just take the rest of the game and blow it up. Sure. Porto were the better team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, they should have won here. Yeah. This was their game to win, and they, 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 it was just a run of bad luck for them. And I think Milan should walk away from that pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, I think in this group, Milan's pretty much cooked, right? Bottom of the table. Well, they're not getting point. first because Liverpool have a chokehold there. Yeah. Uh, and I do not know. Uh, I guess Porto are on five at second place and Atletico are at four points in third. So I guess like they're not out of it, but they don't appear to be super competitive in this group so far. They ha- So they played Milan. So <laughs> in order to... In order, I mean, sorry, Milan played Porto, and so in order to win, they have to beat both Atletico and Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe Liverpool because now they'll field a they B team. Yeah, exactly. They won't play. Good, but good I, players. I can't see them winning against Atletico. Yeah, Atletico are going. They're going to do their thing. Uh, uh, the only way they win against Atletico is if Atletico get five more red cards in whatever fashion possible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, what the game ban is, like the length for those two red yeah. cards that, that have happened back-to-back for them. But They, they uh, don't seem like they're capable of playing a game without getting a red yeah. card somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I don't... It, maybe I think it's one game, so I think, like, the who got carded last time? Uh, it was uh, Griezmann, right? You're right. Yeah, so I think he's back. I learned uh, that from our podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah Blair was listening uh, he was um, half our listens always listening always watch um, oh that's good okay George Orwell um, not actually afraid of water oh yeah I was listening and Maddie <laughs> said that you guys watched some scary movies and she said that you watched Jaws which was her least favorite or the scariest one in her opinion because she quote doesn't like water <laughs> which I thought was totally insane to say could but, be uh, you know Maddie's little clever way of telling us that she has rabies yeah exactly that's what she said when i brought it up with her she's like yeah it sounds like i have rabies why did i say that anyway blair can you just quick take me through the second half because i think we've talked mostly about porto good milan bad in this case but can you take me through milan's moments they had do they have any yeah they they had, they had a couple i mean milan did get a goal um yeah which why don't you came in the second half okay and that was you know, I mean, like, they were in in Porto's box with the ball, but it came off kind of a fluky play where uh, Milan had a free kick outside the box. It bounced off of Porto's wall kind of awkwardly, uh, which fell to Giroud. Giroud did his thing, turned and shot quickly, and Porto's keeper, Costa, did a good job to push it off into his right. But there for the follow-up was none other than, who was it, Kalulu. 
And he looked like he was trying to cross it back across the face of goal, but his pass, pass shot thing, I'm not really sure what his intention was, nutmegs Poros keeper and basically Mbembe. Mbembe, yeah. Porto's defender had his foot stuck out in kind of a bad spot and it just bounced off and into the net. So I'm not sure without Mbembe being there, I think it might have just flashed across the face of goal. There wasn't another Milan no. attacker in place to but finish he, it. He wasn't like looking anywhere, right? He just had his head like back. I think he was surprised that it came through Porto's keeper's legs. Uh, what, who did I say it was? Costa? Yeah, Diego. Y- yeah. Um, so I, I don't think he saw that coming and like his foot was just kind of in a bad spot and then he didn't really have time to react. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a bad, bad run of bounces. Yeah, so it was like a really kind of a really fluky thing. Later on, Ibrahimovic did have one uh, that he put away, but the pass leading up to it, I'm sorry, I, I can't quite recall who it was that received. I think it might have been the layout before he subbed off. He was caught offside. Um, so that was ruled out. Out. Um, also, in the second half, Porto had another really, really good chance where there was a, a header from Pepe, uh, Port- Porto's defender, who's like 500 years old. 38, I think. Yeah. Former Real Madrid player Pepe. Yeah. I think he's known for being kind of a bastard, but... He, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a, in like a good way. He's a wily old veteran center back, so they're, they're all bastards at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he flashed a nice header across the box, um, which found, uh, Evan Nielsen. Um, he hit it strongly and it just hit like dead center in the, in the crossbar and bounced up and out. So that was like, he had a really good look and probably could have done better to finish that. But you know, it was, it's game of inches uh, at that point. So yeah, I mean, I think Porto basically had, um, most of the, uh, attacking impetus for the game. So let's, uh, if if we're discussing Porto's attack, let's just briefly mention. Um, and I'm not going to get this pronunciation. You, the last one, maybe, but this one, Cyprium Tatarusanu. That's not right. I know it's not right because I'm seeing all the little accents on the letters. Do it again. Anyway, he's the Romanian keeper for Milan. Donnarumma left. Cyprian came in. I'm only going to say his first name now. Yeah. Um, and he uh, he had a good night of saves. He let in a goal, but that really wasn't his fault because he wasn't the midfielder that was dispossessed, and he wasn't the defense that left the guy wide open in the 18. He had uh, five saves. And post-shot, expected goals, 1.3. Not bad. Could have been worse. Could have been way worse. So I think uh, he did good, and he kept it to one. Good on him. Good on Milan for getting a point, and uh, we wish them best of luck going forward. I guess. Yeah, I I agree. I I've uh, like I kind of like this AC Milan team. I think they're pretty fun. I put it in here in our notes that uh, Taylor Hernandez is pretty fun to watch. He had a pretty nice dribble where he kind of just did some moves, got around a few defenders, ended up losing it. Didn't result in anything, but it was pretty flashy play for a minute there. That was kind of cool. They didn't start Frank Kessier. Um, instead, they opted for Tenali um, in the midfield. Is it Frankie Kessie, not Frankie Kessie? Frank Kessie? Uh, I think I've heard it pronounced Frank Kessie and also Frank Kessier. Kessie sounds cooler. Yeah. Uh, it could be Frank, too. I mean, it's like the ANCK thing. So there's a lot to work with there. Um, and I, I think, I don't know much about Tenali, but I've known that uh, Kessie is like a pretty highly regarded player. I think he's yeah, probably going to leave on a free sure. this yep. year. Um, so, 
Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if this was kind of a rotated squad for Milan. I'm not sure what they look like in the league. But. I suspect this is just hypothetical that uh, Milan are now gearing for a Serie A yeah. mainline run. They um, very realistically could do yeah. it. Milan usually pretty, uh, well, historically, I should say, uh, UCL, a European championship uh, frequency. But yeah. I think this is one of the best times for them, especially given last year and what they did to make a deep run into Serie A, get a champion, get a Scudetto, and bring glory back to the correct region of Milan. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some uh, I've heard some things, man, about Inter. I don't yeah. know. Whoa, 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 you whoa. might have picked the wrong one. <laughs> Pretty trashy, in my opinion. Anyway, um, yeah, all right, let's... Uh, we say what? This is how you pronounce... Not even... Not even a I heard multiple syllables. Ciprian Tatrushanu. Ciprian Tatrushanu. Ciprian Tatrushanu. Tatro. I was going to like swallow the. Ciprian. No, you got to like Tatuno. Tatuno Shrano. Tatrushanu. It sounds like. No, it's not it. Sorry. I'm not going to do that. Okay. We're going to move on. I will say one one last thing. I think maybe Milan's best chance was an Olivier Giroud shot from outside the box that Costa had to do a pretty good job of saving from going like kind of not quite upper left 90, but. Heading in that direction. If, if you're relying um, on Giroud shooting outside the box to score your goals, well, that's kind of my point. That yeah. was their best chance, and it was probably like a point one next year less yeah. shot. So, yeah. I mean, he does score crazy goals, but not like that. No, no, no. Normally, it's like him teleporting into the box and doing one of those like Doctor Strange things where he forms a hundred different forms and then scores a scorpion kick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay, uh, let's do uh, RB Leipzig PSG. Blair, you watched this entire thing. This was in Leipzig. This was against French Giants, French cash powerhouses PSG against the corporate syndicate organization <laughs> syndicate. of RB Leipzig. And um, Cabal. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, the energy drink gang versus the don't drink this gang because uh, you don't drink oil. Anyway, yeah, so uh, two to two. Uh, pretty... A pretty thrilling tie, in my opinion. I want. I'm looking at the notes here, and I just want to start the discussion here. PSG sat deep and countered. Yeah. Paris Saint Germain, the team that that team sat deep and countered. Why don't you explain that to me? Because I didn't watch this game. Yeah, man. I mean, that's basically what they were doing. They were just keeping their sort of two lines of four and trying to absorb Leipzig's pressure. And then when they were able to regain possession, they were just trying to find the outball to Mbappe. And it worked a few times. Uh, Mbappe had, I think I counted three, like one-on-one or near one-on-one chances with uh, Leipzig's keeper. Um, But he really didn't have quite the final ball uh, on the night. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I was seeing from them. PSG started, like, PSG started really slow, and Leipzig started very fast. Okay, I mean, I'm looking at this lineup, right? And I'm seeing a trio, front trio. Messi was injured, or he was out. He was not even in the team tonight, that night. And I'm seeing a front three of Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria. Yep. That's okay. PSG, man. Yeah, that's PSG, uh, but we're, we're, we're now working in a system that counters... With Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria? <laughs> yeah, it was basically like, hey, where are you, Killian? We're going to pass it to you and uh, gotcha. hope for the best. He burned uh, Mukiele a few times, um, who I think had a tough time trying to stop uh, the boy. That uh, would make sense. Yeah, I think that was kind of their main game plan. Um, 
for the most part. That's that's what it looked like to me. Um, Leipzig were fairly front footed and also pretty loose uh, in defense. Um, there was quite a bit of space uh, to be exploited, I think, for PSG, but. I think they started out this game really strongly, and this was kind of a game of swings and momentum. Leipzig had a shot cleared off the line, like within like the first minute of the game. Um, their first goal came in the eighth minute off an Nkunku header, who uh, is in, on incredible form uh, and had yeah just had a great header um, to bury their first goal. And then what? Not four minutes later, five minutes later, they had a penalty try after Danilo brought a player down in the box. I can't quite recall who. And there, there was a penalty awarded. Uh, Andre Silva stepped up to the spot, took the penalty, and Donnarumma saved it incredibly well. Donnarumma on penalties is frightening. <laughs> that man can take up space. He He's covers the goal. He's a big guy. He's huge in the air. Like yeah. it's it's wild. Um and like he Keeler Navas could never no. Yeah, like this Donnarumma like basically saved this game. There actually was a, a second penalty awarded to Dominic Shubberslai in the 92nd minute and he was able to finish his um but Donnarumma did get a hand on that one as well. So that man is a I don't know a nice option to have in your net uh, when you're facing penalties like that. That's good for John Luigi Donnarumma. Yes, what and, a name! Uh, it's good that PSG have that kind of depth and goal. It's good that PSG have the kind of depth they do to field a team like this and then field another team, you know, this weekend <laughs> for their French run. Why aren't they clicking? That's a good question. I don't know. I think this the midfield was a bit. Uh, Leaky, I guess. Van Alden had a good game. He scored both of their goals, so hats off to him. Um, but I thought Danilo looked way off the pace for this game. Uh, Danilo Pereira, he was getting burned quite frequently, uh, giving away fouls. I think you may have been able to, to say he should have gotten a red card for the foul in the box that led to the penalty because it was a pretty clear goal-scoring chance, but a red and a penalty, we've had this discussion before, is pretty harsh, so I don't know where you fall on that. But Jesse Marsh was awarded a yellow for dissent later on in the game, and they were speculating that he was still upset that there wasn't a yellow uh, or a red given for that Danilo foul in the box. So I think he kind of looked off the pace, and yeah, they just kind of like bypass their midfield um in attack so yeah i don't know it's, it's kind of strange they seem sort of disjointed and i don't think from what i saw uh and what i've seen from psg that they look very primed to make a deep run in the champions league this year yeah i, I see that uh mentioned and i'm i am left wondering as to why when you have uh, a team that PSG does and I think everyone is thinking that same thing uh, maybe it's the you know popular theory that when you get a bunch of stars in the locker room things don't click as well as you might expect I'm seeing uh, Daniel Pereira like you said is doesn't look like the kind of player that deserves to be in a starting lineup for a Champions League game for PSG uh, I think you could say the same thing about Presnel Kimpembe. Even though he's a Paris native, he's simply not up to the quality that PSG needs in order to be the kind of team that they're trying to win the UCL with. I believe Kimpembe was the one that also gave away the second. He's a reckless defender, and it sucks that Sergio Ramos is uh, is in on a, it, what seems to be an out-and-out out with the team. Uh 
Is that what's happening? Yes. Oh, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, not great. Haven't seen much of him because he hasn't really played much for him. Uh, so, Gmon all them two goals, both of them. Obviously, not the player you'd expect with the goals. Uh, you didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear at all how Wijnaldum scored these goals. On the first, there was a pass um, off the left side from Di Maria to Mbappe in the box. Mbappe then crossed it to uh, Wijnaldum, and he tapped it home. Easy goal. Uh, it was really nicely set up. Uh, good, uh, good bit of link up play there, and Wijnaldum did well to make that run for Mbappe to find him for an easy goal. Um, so yeah, he looked pretty switched on. Mbappe or Von Alden was like, he looked like he was pumped up for the game. Um, yeah, well, I think it was his first Champions League start for the team. Yeah, yeah, I saw some quotes a couple of weeks ago. I think where he's talking about how he's sort of frustrated with, um, yeah, just a, the lack of consistent gameplay he's gotten. That he was PSG. the uh, the first of the string of transfers PSG had that summer. So I don't think he had any indication who he'd be arriving with because as the more players arrived, the more claustrophobic it got yep. in the locker room. And then the second goal, there was a, a header across the box from Marquinhos that yep. uh, Vinaldum uh, then finished with his own header. So yeah, he scored his first goal in the 22nd minute or thereabouts. And then his second came at the 40th minute. So looking like Vinaldum and uh, Andre Herrera are, should be in my opinion, uh, locks for starting on this team. PSG are heavy on the back, heavy on the front, but have a kind of a weak middle. Yeah, look at the subs. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how Pochettino arranges them. Uh, last question about this game: Tyler Adams, how did he do? I don't think he did like super great, um, but it also seemed like he was trying to do a lot of like last ditch defending for Leipzig. Yeah, like like I said, like they were getting beaten on the counter like quite frequently, and so like Adams seemed like he was sort of desperate to like prevent some of these dangerous chances from uh, occurring in the first place. I believe he ended up with a yellow. Yeah, For and a really stupid like it was a retaliation. He got bumped, and he like literally just like got really mad after the plane. Oh, he lost his cool. Yeah, he yeah, lost he his temper, pulled the guy yeah. down. Yeah, so like he didn't have the best night in my opinion, but I think Leipzig's defending as a whole was kind of not so not so great. Um, and really, they sort of like tried to defend. Uh, by attacking, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the less they have to defend, the better. So, yeah, I think uh, what they're trying to say is offense wins championships in this case. Which, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think, though, that Donnarumma probably kept this game at a tie. He did a really good job on a cross. Uh, he just got his fingers tips to it, and uh, there was Emil Fort. No, sorry, not Emil Forsberg. Uh, who was it? Yusuf Poulsen would have uh, been on the other end of it for an easy header uh, in the box. Um, he saved a penalty. He nearly saved the second penalty. Um, so I think he, I think honestly, Donnarumma was like the brightest player for PSG in this game. Hakimi looked pretty good, but. Yeah, I don't know. PSG is just go. They're 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 a weird one to me. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Yeah, I think they are the uh, the true wild card of the tournament. Yeah, um, there are dark horses, but PSG are the wild card because you never know if they're gonna pop. If they pop off, it's game over, and uh, you don't know when that'll happen. Whenever Messi finds his footing uh, on that team, and whenever the team finally realizes we should base our system around this player, maybe. Maybe they'll start making a run, but I don't think it'll be this season. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I don't think they're, I would not put them in my top tier of Champions League contenders this season for sure. They got really frustrated and they ended up just going for the kill basically in the last 10 minutes. It was just PSG trying to literally kill oh. RB Leipzig. That, that, that is nothing new with PSG. They, uh, it's a popular uh, point against them to bring up is a fragile mentality with these kinds of oh, games. They were working the refs so much. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Everything like it, they were just constantly like jawing at the ref and like trying to get calls to go their way. And I'm sure I, I'm sure Di Maria was at the forefront of that one too. Yeah. Mbappe had a really embarrassing flop in my opinion uh, in the first half. And yeah, it was just like real bad. They, it's like they, they want to win the game any way they can other than playing the game well <laughs> so yeah i don't know but pretty entertaining match um overall i'd say leipzig are fun to watch all right uh well let's uh let's wrap up the episode with three points i've put at the bottom of our page here um first one i want to talk about is a, a certain robert Lewandowski. uh he has scored eight goals in the group stages so far uh and he now has both the third most amount of UCL goals period ever in the history of the competition and the third most amount of hat tricks in the competition. Pretty good player, maybe some might say forefront guy for Bayern and really just a complete poaching forward, uh, able to defend, to press, to facilitate play when he's needed to. And most importantly, have a eye for the kill on the last shot, knowing where to be on the rebound and uh, having the, the best positioning maybe in the top five leagues right now. And I, I do wonder uh, how much of Bayern's lethality is behind Lewandowski. I do wonder whether or not they'll remain uh, toothless as uh, the years catch up to him. He is 31, I believe. And this sort of form isn't forever. Something to think about. Yeah, he looks like he's getting in like better and better shape, like as every year goes on. Uh, there's yes. just like every year there's a, another photo of Lua coming out of like Byron's training camp, and it's like, huh, he just got more muscular somehow. Uh, yes, he uh, goes into an underground facility in Munich somewhere, freezes himself for the summer, and they send a clone of him out yeah. for Poland. He's 33. He's 33. Whoa, that is so much older than I... Okay, yeah, I mean, so you, you popular sentiment is a player's prime is anywhere from 27 to 30, really, around there. And uh, Lou has actually gotten better and better after each year, um, ever since he arrived uh, as a first-choice team, uh, first uh, choice striker for Dortmund. It's just gone up and up and up and up, and that's uh, good for him. With uh, Barcelona being where they're at, that group's strength is... So, so. I think Benfica, honestly, are probably the second best team in that table right now in Group E. And then Kiev are not. They're the fourth place, but they probably know, deserve to leave. I don't know. I think Barcelona are still better than Benfica. Okay. Interesting. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, have they played a head-to-head? They must have. Uh, the, uh, Barcelona have just, they just played Dynamo Kiev, which was, uh, uh, they just beat them with a goal in like the 70th minute from Depay. So they still have to play Benfica, and they still have to lose to Bayern Munich. So uh, they we'll see we'll see how they do because uh, now that Coman's fired, um, and I reiterated this I think in the most recent episode, but a team usually sees an uptick in performance and a managerial change because players are trying to reintegrate themselves into like a new squad now. So I think Bayern Barcelona will now pull through. Yeah. 
Uh, they should look better. I mean, yeah, Komen, like, I think that everybody just hated him. Like, all, like when all your players hate you, they probably, you're probably not going to play time. your best form. Bad times, yeah. Their first matchup, it was the Benfica 3, Barcelona nil, where Barcelona had a red card from Eric Garcia, I think. Oh, uh, well, that's, that? that's what you get for getting Eric Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, second point. Second point is uh, Ronaldo pulls United to a draw <laughs> against Atalanta. <laughs> And in my opinion, a sign of the times that the United fans are using this as a celebratory moment to tie a team that should be theoretically lower than them in status uh, and using this as a prop for United, for Ole, for Ronaldo. A 2-2 draw should feel like something to complain about, something to criticize uh, Manchester United. And I think it really describes the current state of the club. Yeah, um, Cristiano Ronaldo must be like the foremost practitioner of the dark arts in all of European soccer. Like, I don't know what deal that man made or what pill he swallowed, but like, how does he keep scoring like 90 plus minute, like last second equalizers or game winners? I, I, Somewhere. It's just ridiculous. Somewhere in the outskirts of Manchester. Yeah. There sits a mansion. Uh-huh. And in that mansion, Ronaldo goes after practice, after games. And in the attic of that mansion, there's a large portrait of an old <laughs> man who's wizened beyond his years, who looks like he's about to die. And every time, every night, Ronaldo walks up to that attic and looks at it. And a transfer begins at the stroke of midnight. <laughs> And his youthful athletic frame gets stronger after every year. His diet of unseasoned chicken and oh, raw fish and only rice. Yeah, it's like that bit from uh, Silicon Valley where he's got a blood boy, just a, a young man that he gets blood transfusions from yep. to yep. give himself youth. <laughs> uh, referencing the pic, uh, the portrait of Dorian Gray for those who did. Yes, uh, of okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think, um, I, I, I mean, I've got nothing nothing to add about that. It was just an observation I made after, like, just scrolling on Twitter and seeing fans like, Ronaldo! It's yeah. Like, yeah, but it was two to two. Two to two. And guess what? Guess what? What? Call off the dogs. Uh, put away your flashlights, folks. Donnie Van de Beek has been found. What? And he was at... Where was he? He was at Old Trafford this all along. time? They, 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 they couldn't find him. Dude, like, yeah. yeah. It's like... <laughs> Where's it's like, Donnie? Did you leave him at home? <laughs> Where's the last place the police would look? <laughs> In the police station. Um, John Donnie Van de Beek, I, I think, actually got to walk on grass this game. Thank God for that collar they bought for him. <laughs> um, and also, I believe Sancho uh, got some playing time Jane as well. Sancho got... Uh, he's gotten criticism. Uh, for why? I don't know. Uh, he's, he's thrown into a system where that de- isn't designed around the one he was in Dortmund, and he's not getting playing time. Same with Donny Van de Beek. I don't know how you expect these guys to get better <laughs> or like feature on a team if you just do not put them on the field. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense doesn't to me. It doesn't make sense. If, you're, if you have a midfield of Rashford and Scott McTominay, who is the... He, he's been... He's worse than I've ever seen him play right now. <laughs> and now you're saying that, oh, we're just not going to play Donny Van de Beek. What do you have to lose at that point? Yeah. Just throw him on there. 
See what happens. I I think yeah. I don't know. Oli wants wants to get fired. You want to you want you just, just put put like Fred back. I think I think at, now, at this point like minimally Fred's a little higher than McTominay on the like the midfielder standings. Okay, <laughs> you throw McTominay back in the deep freezer. You know, let, yep. let him cook for a bit, and then you put Fred on the back, right? And then you do a little little Donny Van de Beek, little uh, Bruno Fernandez midfield action. Sure. See, just you know, what if it's spicy? What if it's not? What if it's tasty? I don't know. Here's the thing about Donny Van. To beak is there's a fallacy in American sports where the backup quarterback is the most uh, admired player on any bad team, <laughs> any bad football team. What a team. servant of the team. Yeah, exactly. What an absolute voice in the locker room. Everyone's always like, be. if we just got that guy in, we'd be so much better. <laughs> and that's Donnie Vandebeek. He's the backup quarterback for United. Look, I know he's not doing much on the field, but imagine the kind of advice he has to the players <laughs> in the locker room, okay? Just think about it that way. Also, I'm looking at FBRF in the profile photo they have for Scott McTominay. McTominay is probably when he was like 13 or 14 years old. Still, still <laughs> looks like a little boy between like Scotland and England. Races. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, uh, what was my point here? United fans, or I'm sorry, not United fans. I can't control them. United, I can control them. Be better. Uh, yeah. Be better. <laughs> Seriously, just figure it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, last point to wrap up the episode. I, I got four, uh, four teams undefeated so far in the four group games, four teams uh, qualified for the knockout stages. Ajax, Liverpool, Bayern, and Juventus. Fantastic uh, results for them. They are now through. They can now relax and focus on their league uh, games. Um, Differences between these four teams, it would seem Juventus just don't stack up in the way that Ajax or Liverpool or Bayern might. And Ajax, while looking uh, incredibly dangerous, incredibly fluid, really just the kind of old Ajax that you might expect. Uh, Liverpool and Bayern just seem a league above the other teams. So I, I think maybe, and I'm looking, I was looking through the XG while uh, people were talking, and uh, Juventus sit last on 5.2, and Bayern sit top at 9.1 on the difference. Pretty good. Pretty, yeah. really, really good. Yeah, uh, I, I do wonder uh, if Chelsea's presence in Group H with Juve is bringing them down a little bit because that's they're, they're no, they're nothing to laugh at. But they're also in a group with Zenit and Malmo, so I don't, you know, it's it's one or the other, I suppose. Liverpool have done surprisingly well. They were in probably the worst group, in my opinion. Uh, Porto, Atletico, and Milan. You don't want that. Apparently, they did. Apparently you did. Worst as in hard is not worst as in least talented. <laughs> worst as in the... I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The group of death uh, yeah. in my IMHO. Uh, so maybe something, just something to ponder. Juve, not great. Still undefeated. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something isn't. Uh, Ajax, pretty good. Third, they're tertiary candidates for the Champions League trophy. Liverpool and Bayern. Who knew, man? Yeah, the uh, the the oldies, but the goodies, you know. Depending on who you are, uh, the the more things change, Jacob, the more they stay the same. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you on that one, honestly. I will say about um, Bayern because I have been watching that. I watched their Benfica game, like in the background while I was working. Mm. Sane has never looked better. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, between playing for Flick and Nagelsmann, uh, they have unlocked what he was as uh, number 19 at Man City. 
He he no longer sticks to a wing. He floats where he wants. He 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 really uh, is is super dangerous going forward. Uh, he's not super selfish, but when he does take his chances, he takes them well. Um, and especially when he operates with Kingsley Coman, my word, that is that they've got a fearsome attack going forward. I would oh, I would goodness. I would edge them over. I would edge Byron's attack over Liverpool's attack. Yeah, four goals and four assists for Sané in the Champions League this year. Yes. Pretty solid. Dece. Indeed. Pretty dece. Yeah. 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 Uh good to good to have him back though. That's uh that's promising. He was uh He was injured for a while. Rather injury prone for yes. a bit. Uh so hopefully he can maintain a clean bill of health. Because well, yeah, that seems like a, a very promising development for the Bayern, Bayern. Uh, player labs once again pulling Is he? Through playing opposite of like Nabry or are they kind of competing for the same spot he, well now Nabry so Nabry uh, it's tough it's really the, it's a very fluid front three uh, Muller hasn't played for a couple games now he usually occupies the center usually and then uh, it has been Nabry on the left Sané on the right but now it's kind of shifted to Kingsley on the left Sané on the right mm. or Kingsley on the right Sane in the center, Nabry on the left. But honestly, you could just slot any number of those people in, and you'd be probably okay. Yeah, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, yeah. If if you're if you're uh, if you have an attack which can afford to leave Thomas Muller out, I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, should be fine. Cool. All right. Well, um, yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's all for me. Excellent. Okay, uh, well, uh, you know, Blair, thanks for coming back and gracing us with your presence once again. Uh, we're glad to have you back in Brooklyn. Uh, Maddie, thank you for your contributions. As and, always. Uh, it's, been, it's been fun. I'm Jacob, and we will see you uh, this weekend for the Premier League games. Cheers. Cheers.